Well, my brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. And uh, last year at this time for this feast, I, I gave a homily on the importance of voting with a Christian conscience. And uh, the relationship between voting and Christianity is very intimate. This is what we're talking about today. When we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King, we're celebrating the social kingship of Christ, that Jesus is king not just for ourselves as individuals and for our families, but he is king for the broader society in its economic, social, and political structures. And so we as Christians, we can't just take uh, our faith and, you know, it's, it's relevant only for me and for mine. That's, that's a false concept of Christianity. Christianity affects uh, the broader society in which we live, all the way up to the nation, and in fact, the nations in general, the community of nations as well, uh, as our own individual nation. And so we have this relationship between uh, politics and religion, and there is a relationship. Getting that relationship down right is a challenge, and it takes some knowledge. So I'll, I'll kind of place before you a sort of a two extreme uh, examples or paradigms of the relationship between religion and politics that are both um, incorrect, and so thereby hopefully we can kind of shoot a middle course. On the one hand, we've got... Um, uh, an idea of religion and politics that you might call a theocracy. And that is that Jesus, for example, or any kind of prophet of God, came to give positive divine laws to a given social or political community, a state. And so, you know, the Islamic understanding of religion is basically boils down to this kind of concept. Muhammad came and he essentially established a state. And his successors are... Uh, political authorities, and they rule by divine law, and God positively reveals and speaks divine laws to this state, and that's how it's governed. That's not what Jesus came to establish, and that's very clear from our gospel reading today. Jesus says, my kingdom is uh, does not belong to this world. If it did, my, my followers would fight. And so Jesus did not come to establish a theocracy something along the lines of what we see in the Islamic religion. That's not what he came to do. So that would be one erroneous way of understanding the relationship between politics and religion. But there is another erroneous way of understanding the relationship between politics and religion that errs to the other opposite extreme. And that is that says, you know, religion is purely spiritual, and it just has to do with kind of me and my own personal life and maybe my, the life of my family. And uh, it should have absolutely nothing to do with politics whatsoever. It's only for me and mine. And this kind of isolationist, uh, individualist concept of religion, that's, that's the opposite error. Uh, because, in fact, Jesus says, he teaches us uh, in the gospel that his kingdom is a kingdom of truth. He came to testify to the truth. Well, my brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is that uh, we, as human beings, are social 
We are social by nature. This is how God created us. And so when we talk about ethics and righteousness and justice, we can't, it doesn't stop with us as individuals, but necessarily it flows forth into the broader society in which we are necessarily situated simply by being created uh, beings, by being human beings. This is how we're made. So uh, we cannot isolate ethics from the broader uh, society in which we live. In fact, individual ethics really is ordered towards uh, social ethics and even politics as well. And, um, you know, it's important to, to note that in the gospel, there's a little translation issue. Jesus says in our, in our English translation, he says, my kingdom does not belong to this world. Now, that's a fine translation, but if you understand the Greek, the underlying Greek text upon which that English is based, it's more precise than that. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not of this world, meaning that the kingdom of Christ does not start from the natural world and kind of rise up from there. It starts from above. It's supernatural. But nonetheless, it does affect this world. There's no doubt about it. And we see that in our first reading. When the Son of Man, we've got this vision from Daniel, the Son of Man coming and he's receiving authority from God the Father. And that authority is to be exercised over the nations and over peoples, and over languages. So it's for the whole world, and it's not just nations as sort of a sum aggregate of individuals, but it's nations as nations. Okay? Uh, another element or aspect of our, of our Catholic faith is this, uh, is the following. There are two natural societies, the family and the state, or the, the, the broader social entity within which we live. This, these are two natural uh, entities, or social groupings, meaning that they arise by the nature of things. We couldn't stop them from arising if we wanted to. All right. So the family and the state, those are two natural entities. But the family is not, and this is kind of technical language, the family is not a perfect society. And inasmuch as it doesn't have within itself all the necessary elements it needs to achieve its end and its purpose. Okay? The family needs to draw from resources outside of itself. So just imagine you and your family off in the wilderness. Uh, you're gonna be, it's gonna be pretty tough to really come to the full flourishing status of human beings as God called us to be. He has called us to live and to situate our families in a broader context. And so the state is actually considered to be a perfect society, perfect again, being in a, a very technical sense, meaning it has within itself all the resources it needs to achieve its final end. So the family is a, a cell within a broader body that, is, and that, that constitutes the state. So we depend upon the broader society within which we live. So ethics necessarily is going to flow forth out into the broader community, and therefore Christ's kingship is going to be relevant to the broader community, not just for me and mine, myself and my family. Okay, it's going to necessarily impact the nation in which we live, so that's going to take into account its economics and its politics. So this is what we celebrate on the Feast of Christ the King. We celebrate his social kingship. We celebrate the fact that he is king not just for me and mine, but for the nation and the community of nations. 
And uh, uh, an illustration of that I'll leave you with finally to end this homily, and that is the following story. We go down south into the, into the Bible Belt, and we've got you know some kind of a community Baptist church down there. And it's, it's situated in a farm community. This farm community can be reached only by a very thin, winding road. And uh, just before you enter into the, the village, you've got this really killer turn. It's terrible, terrible. Too sharp of a turn, too, too narrow of a road. Well, what happens is lots of accidents take place. And so people are getting in accidents. And uh, the local uh, preacher, he's, he continues to preach to his people, you know, we need to be good Samaritans. We need to practice our religion. And we need to be good Samaritans and take care of all of these people who get in these accidents. And so the people say, amen, amen to that, okay. And so they go out and they take care of all the people who get in these accidents and they, they bring them to the hospital and they're, they're really good Samaritans. They're practicing the religion in, a, in an excellent manner. And it just so happens that the mayor himself, the mayor of the town, is present. Uh, and uh, so also are the, the council members for the town board. They're all present too at, the, at this church. And they all say, Amen, we need to be good Samaritans. And so at some point here, after a few months and a few years of all these accidents taking place, someone says, hey, you know what, we should pool our resources and buy an ambulance so that we can get these people to the hospital all that much more quickly. And so the mayor says, amen, and the council members and everybody else in the, in the community say, amen, let's go, let's buy uh, an ambulance to get these people to the hospital so we can be better uh, good Samaritans. So they do that, and it works out really well. But then someone says, you know what? Preacher man, I think you need to go to the mayor and the council members and, and see, let's get a motion going so that we can actually widen the road and maybe take that really overly sharp turn out of the road so that the accidents are decreased or eliminated. It just so happened that the mayor had a farm stand at the corner of that, that curve. If the road were to be widened and straightened out, he loses he lose his farm market. And so the preacher says, well, I think religion and politics should be separated, and let's just stay out of politics. And so the next day he preached about being a good Samaritan, and everybody said, amen. And the accidents continued, and everybody else continued to help the people get to the hospital, many of whom died.